0: When I um, led a church um, in Cape Town, uh, when the kids went out, that's the point where the pastor goes, oh boy, only so, f- so, so little of you left. So. <laughs> but this looks great. So wonderful to be with you again um, today. And uh, it's great to know that um, God is at work. I just love the stories that uh, you shared this morning. Especially the story about the woman and the radio. I just think that's that's just absolutely incredible. Can I ask you, um, maybe just stand? We've been sitting quite a bit. Those who can stand, um, just stand for a moment. Turn to the person next to you, and uh, perhaps um, just in a minute, say a half a minute each. What is the thing that you like most and why? Doing. What is the thing that you like doing most and why? It can't be sex or food. A minute. <laughs> all right. Um, sounds like you're having fun. Um, all right. Outstanding. Excuse me, everybody. Can we have some <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> how, how about that? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Either you were just babbling on (laughs) or you really had a lot to say. What do you think God loves doing most? What do you think God loves doing most? Anyone? Communicating? Communicating. Creating things. things. Blessing Blessing His children? Loving? Loving? Listening to us, man—it's got a lot of listening going on there. Yeah, loves it when people repent, forgiving us, forgiving us. And setting us free, setting us free. Walking amongst us—I didn't hear that. Walking amongst, amongst us—we see that in the Garden of Eden, God with Adam and Eve. What is it that God loves most? What does He love? doing most. These are these are a, a cr- incredible answers. You're a great theologians. Fantastic. It must be that you've got a great leadership team and you're being taught well and you should actually increase the salaries I believe of everybody because <laughs> they're doing a fine job. I'll take cut, I late, uh, <laughs> cut later. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 What an incredible passage. I say to my students and um, when we have conversations with wherever if, if we, you have this conversation, you say, what, what is the one thing you would take, one scripture you would take? If you, you know, I don't know if you've seen those movies where people lose their memory and they've got 51 dates or something like that and <laughs> what a fantastic thing to start fresh every day, you know, forgotten all the mistakes of the past and you... And every day you needed to be reminded of just one scripture. For me, that passage is Ephesians 2. And the verse in Ephesians 2 is verse 10. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which he has prepared for us. In advance to do Now I was at um, a conference And um, Garth was there And asked if I would come and share Something similar to what I shared At that conference I'm not sure that I can I'll try But uh, it will be along similar lines And it is About this very simple question What is it that God loves to do most? And um, when, when I look at this scripture um, it, it occurs to me that God is a creator now did I who is the artist that, that I thought it was I thought I thought it was must be the hairstyle that <laughs> gave you away um, but it, it, I thought it must must be uh, and I'm going to go uh, Rob to, to see it I'm quite keen I said to my wife who's also an artist um I said, um, you know, when I see creativity, it's as if it is the, the finest thing that human beings can do. There's nothing better than creating. Now, immediately we think artist, immediately we think painting, or sculptor, sculptor or we think poetry. But the word creation, or to create, theologically, is, a, is, is vast. It's, it's a huge concept. When I ask you, if I ask you, what was the first thing that God had to create, or that God created? Anyone? What's the first thing? I want to roam, but I'll just stand. Can I use that? Because I want to talk to you. Can I use this? Anyone? Is the sound man sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I use this? I can't use two. I can hold and walk around. I don't want a thing around my ear. Okay. Well, let's do that. Um, let me ask you, What what is the um, first thing that God has created? Creation story. Put it up. Okay, thanks. Yeah, talk to me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher by trade, so I like people to talk back then. Um. So So what did he create? What's the first thing? The heavens? The, heavens. the, earth. the earth? Light? Light. So you're gonna, you guys are kind of going through those seven days, are you? <laughs> Think of it this way. There was a time when there was no time. Huh? Is that right? 11 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, very philosophical. There was a time when there was no time. And there was a time when there was no time and there was no space outside of God. Is that true? When there was only God when there was only Father, Son and Spirit in a relationship. And then this God who is Father, Son and Spirit in one made a council decision. The first council. The first minute of any council ever in the universe is this minute. Let us make And Father, Son and Spirit decides to make life outside of itself. Because we're not pantheists. We don't believe that we're all in God. And all of us together make up God. Or do we? I don't think so. So we believe that God created space outside of Himself and placed us in that space. What did God make first? He made a decision. (laughs) And the decision was to make what? (laughs) A space to live in. So the first act of creation is to make space for life. The most fundamental thing we can do in creativity is to make space. Ask an artist who is facing a canvas or an empty page The, the, the horror of that thing staring back at you. The first act Of creation is to make space for life. God loves to make space for us to live. I I find a scripture like um, Psalm 18 amazing. Go read Psalm sometime, um, that Psalm sometime today or in the next week. And you'll find this incredible story. It is about a man. Who, who finds himself entangled he finds himself all wrapped up in the cords of death he says and the image comes from from Palestine, where in the dry times in the, river, in, the in the dry river beds things would would uh, collect uh, pieces of wo- uh, wood and, and old growth and so on would collect and then when when the the rains come these Dry riverbeds fill up with water And all of a sudden it becomes a, a torrent But like in the Queensland floods The water is filled with all kinds of things that can kill you And this man is entangled In all these old growths And, 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 and uh, the, like, they like cords of death that take hold of him And he cries out to God He cries to the heavens the psalm says and then God reaches down pulls him out and, and the scripture in verse 18 says, uh, verse 16 says he brought me into a spacious place the first thing God loves to do is to make space for life when, when you were in your darkest moment when, um, when Colson was in his darkest moment When that lady was crying out to God She was in her darkest moment when, when they cried out to God God reached down And brought them into You have to say it with me A spacious place The second thing I believe God loves doing more than anything else Is to see Those that He has placed in His creation to come to its fullest potential. God loves to grow what He has made. God loves to form and shape and enable His creation to grow up and to become all that it was supposed to be in the very first place. My youngest daughter uh, Zoe um, Has just started driving She's a red pea plate. She's one of those That I fear most on the road (laughs) Especially if they're in a B6 Mm -hmm. Stay away And if there's Testosterone involved Even more so (laughs) But Zoe Is um, Just started driving She's got a little gets and and um, last night Marianne and I am waiting for her to come home <coughs> at 1130 and she little car comes down the road and she's home and Marianne turns to me and she says isn't that wonderful see how kids grow wouldn't it be terrible if she had no sense of independence is that true? As a parent, I love to see my kids grow. You know, um, if my... Um, I watched Edgar Hoover, the, the movie, J.K. Hoover, the other day, and as those of you who have not seen it, it's quite an incredible story. He's a man in his late 50s and he's still staying with his mother. Now, I think that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> Just slightly so. We want to see our kids grow up. God wants to see all of His creation grow, become all that it can be, to be, to be fully um, developed, functioning in its design. Thirdly, I believe that God loves fixing problems, liberating and redeeming His creation when things go wrong. Now, of course, God makes space, puts creation in there. We begin to live our lives and grow according to our potential. But because we live in a fallen world We make wrong decisions And we find ourselves in cul-de-sacs We find ourselves in dead-end streets We find ourselves in places That can be described as dark nights of the soul. We find ourselves in places where we have to call out to God, because if God does not save us, we are lost forever. Paul talks about this often. In Galatians, he talks about how we were, we were sinners, how we were far away from God, how we were lost. And then in Galatians 5.1 he says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God loves to set his creation free. God loves to undo the work of the evil one. So when you hear a story like Chuck Colson's it should bring a smile to our face because God has, has taken back the life of one that he created. God loves to set his creation free. Can I tell you three stories? Relate to this. I'm aware of time and I know we have another hour and ten minutes, so that's, that's okay. <laughs> I'll try and be brief. Story number one. It's a story of ten students who are set a task by their professor Tony Campola, Eastern University. Table College, big, we're good friends with them, and it's a possibility of us doing some exciting things together in Australia. Watch this space. That's my briefest promotion of table. (laughs) Tony Campoda sets a task to ten of his students. What can ten ordinary middle class kids do to impact the world? These ten students focus on West Gulf and Western a big multinational in America who took over the sugar industry in the Dominican Republic, and instead of taking their profits and giving it back to the people of the Dominican Republic, they took most of those profits, and instead of having one Ferrari, the CEOs had seven. My joke. They were just pocketing the money, and and um, they were. Life expectancy dropped. People became more dependent on one harvest. Um, uh, universities um, broke down. Education broke down. Hospitals broke down, because that small nation re- relied on its sugar uh, harvest. And these people, West Gulf and Western, came in, basically took the profits. These ten students figured out that if they buy a share for five dollars they get to speak for five minutes at an AGM so ten of them would give them fifty minutes and if you add the professor, fifty five they went to Gulf and Western, to their AGM and they put on the agenda for fifty minutes the atrocities That this this company was guilty of in that nation. Fifty-five minutes. Other stakeholders, other people had to listen and hear what their company was doing in the Dominican Republic. They were so shamed, and uh, Time Magazine and others picked it up and published it. The CEOs were so shamed that they came to the university. And a few months later A news article uh, appeared And it read Gulf and Western Repents In the next five years The CEO Committed A half a billion To immediately fix What was wrong and continue to support the redevelopment of industry, of hospitals, of education in the Dominican Republic if you fly over that piece of land today Haiti is on the one side, Dominican Republic is on the other side the one side is green the other side is brown 11 students, 10 students and one professor Is that God's work? I'm asking you Does that bring a smile To God's face? Did these people make space for life? Yes Did these people bring about growth and development? Yes Did these people help set people free? Yes Dick and Rick White. Any Heard of these guys? <coughs> Dick is the father of Rick and Dick had a son born with a, an umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. I have to go to my, my iPad just to show off a little bit but, <laughs> um, but it's actually to get the facts for you. An incredible story of a a boy, the doctor said, This boy is brain dead, will amount to nothing. But Dick did not believe it because he saw his little boy's eyes following him. He went, um, took his boy to a university and asked that they build him a special chair engineers and people there said it's a waste of time his brain he is like a vegetable he says no he's not tell a joke and the guy told a joke and Rick's eyes lit up I'm moved by the story because we write people off and God doesn't look at us that way the father helped him they built him a machine and the first things he wrote as he spoke was go brains my brain works went to school At school one of his friends in a freak accident broke his neck and became uh, paraplegic. There was a fun run and Rick comes to his dad who's a porker overweight and says to himself describe porker. So all the guys are holding our thumb it's on It it was a little bit of a low blow. Sorry guys. (laughs) Says dad I want to run. I want you to push me. This dad decides he's going to do it, nearly kills himself after the the the, the fun run. The son says to his dad on the machine, "When we run, i don 't feel paralyzed. So the dad decides from that point on. I'm going to make this happen as often as possible for Rick. If you see him on the videos and there are videos on YouTube, he looks like a man machine. This is a 65-year-old man now. By the time they... um, By the time Dick is 64, they had finished 24 Boston Marathons. They ended... Out of a a group of 20,000 runners They finished in the top 5,000 35 minutes short Of the world record They've done 212 triathlons Together And Four 15 hour Ironman Dad When you run, when we run, I don't feel paralyzed. Did he make space for life? Did he? Is that creative? Of course it is. Did he he help his son to grow? Oh, of course he did. Rick now lives independently. Did he set his son free? You answer that one. <coughs> I said I'm going to tell you three stories. but I'll, See, I can tell you another story. A little bit... Should I? Yes. Coffee not waiting? <laughs> what about that roast? <laughs> <laughs> Comes from my home... Country. Old lady sits in the TRC, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. She's a Christian. She's in her late 70s, early 80s. Across from her in this court is the man accused of killing her son and her husband. TRC works like this. You reveal everything and we will set you free. But you must tell the whole story. You must say who was involved with you. We want to know the whole truth. And then there's reconciliation. So this man, Mr. Funabrook, he was an officer in the Special Forces Revealed all that he has done. This old lady hears her, and she knows part of what's happened because it happened in front of her. But he reveals. He says, I went to her house. I took her son. I shot him. Killed him in front of her. I took his body. We burnt it. And we scattered his ashes. A few months later I came back to her house I took her husband We tortured him Disappeared She would have thought that he was dead I went back I took her to see her husband Before I shot him again I shot him like I shot her son It discloses everything The Commissioner turns to, I think it was Bishop Tutu, turns to the old woman and he says to her, Mama, what do you want us to do? Because the Truth and Reconciliation Commission works like this, the victim is able to say whether she believes the perpetrator of the violence. He says I want to say to Mr. van der Broek That I don't have family anymore My husband and my son was all I had And they no longer I have a a lot of love in my heart And I know that he needs a lot of love I want him to come visit me once a month In my house in the township So that I can share my love with him And my husband forgave him When just before he shot him He said forgive them Lord Can somebody help me To get to Mr. Van der Broek My legs are weak I want to hug him and tell him I forgive him. Mr. Van der Broek did not hear the last words because he fainted. The court record reads Did she make space for life? Did she aid in his growth? To, did she set him free? And if you say yes then she is joining God in what God loves to do most. And the wonderful truth is friends you and I can do the same every day. You and I can make space for life wherever we live. You and I can help others grow. You and I can help set people free. And join God in what He's doing in this world. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, You have come to demonstrate just that. When you came and you took on bodily form you came to make space for life you came to help us grow become all that we can be as your children as sons and daughters of God you came to set us free Right here, right now, this moment Jesus, we say thank you And if you've not ever thanked him for your salvation, do it now If you don't know Jesus even That's what he came to do Set us free Jesus, we come, we say we want to join you in setting others free. We come right now declaring our willingness to join you in making space for life, helping others grow and joining you in your quest to liberate and to redeem. Thank you for the invitation to be your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do these works that you prepared for us in advance to do. We honour you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.